0: Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie
1: Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to be with you once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Well, the weather, it just continues to top the news here in 2021. It will just not stop raining in the Texas Coastal Bend, and it's starting to cause some serious problems for sorghum growers there. We'll head to that area of the state to check in on how the sorghum crop is being affected coming up on today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecus, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Heavy July rains in the Rio Grande Valley have put a temporary stoppage to crop harvest in the region. I'm Tom Nicoletti and
3: I'll have that story on Texas Ag today. How far might we see canola go toward becoming a major grain crop in the Texas High Plains? That remains a question for area farmers and researchers. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: The American Farm Bureau welcomes an executive order that will consider changes to livestock markets. I'm Michael Clements, and I'll bring you
1: that story from Washington on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The South Texas sorghum harvest got underway recently, but Mother Nature has put a stop to it. Jessica Dommel tells why.
5: Wet weather has stalled grain sorghum harvest along the Texas coast. Over the past few weeks, some areas along the coast saw four inches of rain, while others saw up to 14 inches. Scott Fraser, who farms and ranches in Nueces County, says they had just started harvesting sorghum when it
6: started raining again. It's brought that to a screeching halt. Most of the producers that have or have excess or have bought the tracks for their combines have have put them on and having some success harvesting since we've done that. But that's not totally widespread use yet. There's a lot of grain in the field. I don't think the whole county was even maybe 5% harvested. The last couple of days, looking around the fields, there's some fields that we're having sprouted grain in the head. Um, Some fields not so bad. Depends where you look could be two or three percent damage. I've heard as high as 15, 20 percent damage. I think that still remains to be seen. Some of this got the, the last go around of rains. It's maybe just just now time to, to be sprouting if it's going to sprout.
5: Frazier said there were light showers again in the area Tuesday morning. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
1: Heavy rains have also stopped field work down in deep south Texas. Tom Nicoletti goes to the Rio Grande Valley for an update. We go
2: to the valley and catch up with Jim Hearn, who is reporting for us down there. And uh, Jim, the rains uh, really started uh, on July the 6th and uh, continued for several days afterward. About how much rain uh, fell uh, throughout the regions there in the valley.
7: Well, Tom, out in the ranch country, that's western Hidalgo County, we average 7-plus while in the mid-valley areas... uh, Amounts were 10 inches and more, and then, of course, near the coast, very hard hit with 13-plus inches of rain in most of Cameron and Willisey counties.
2: And certainly, uh, this type of rain in July is unexpected, but uh, it did fall, and uh, and now farmers uh, have to deal with the consequences. And at the time, grain sorghum and corn Harvest had just started up, but obviously uh, that's now at a standstill.
7: Uh, that's true, Tom. The uh, grain sorghum, we have probably had about 5% of the crop in, and the corn, well, it had just begun as well. Right now, though, everything is at a standstill. So uh, it may be a week to 10 days, maybe two weeks before we can get those heavy combines back in the field because they are so muddy, and it's going to take a while for them to dry out.
2: Another issue farmers need to deal with with their sorghum is uh, the sugarcane aphid uh, infestation right now.
7: Yes, we saw the numbers just explode after the rain. This would be in mature sorghum as well as blooming sorghum. Growers are going to have to get on a spray program and do that immediately or they could suffer some large, large losses.
2: So at this point, and it may be too early to tell, but still, uh, what are the prospects for the corn and the sorghum uh, with all this rain and, and having the wait and then you know the harvest afterward?
7: Well, dry land sorghum had been around 3,200 pounds an acre. And then the irrigated sorghum, we were looking at 6,500 pounds and higher. Uh, That was before the rain. What I'm afraid of, though, now is the sorghum may start to sprout in the head. We have super high humidities right now. The heat indexes each day have been in the triple digits. And so this is really going to hurt growers and, and I think hurt yields down the
2: road. What about the cotton crop?
7: Well, cotton is is fruiting up. Basically, they can take the water right now, but the metals are very, very wet. We don't want to see bowl rot get started because money bowls are there on the bottom. So the cotton crop is still kind of hit or miss right now, but I think for the most part it's going to come through.
2: That is Jim Hearn reporting for us from the Rio Grande Valley.
1: I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA released its latest estimate of the 2021 Texas wheat crop this week. Wheat production here in Texas now forecast at 83.3 million bushels. That's up 35% from last year and up 18.7 million bushels from the June forecast. Yield per acre this year expected to average 37 bushels. That's up seven bushels over 2020. Harvested acreage for grain this year, 2.25 million acres. That's up 10 percent from last year. Can canola become a major grain crop on the Texas High Plains? James Hunt looks for an answer to that question.
3: As we discussed yesterday, most of the canola produced in our region goes to dairies as silage.
5: We are seeing those canola silage acres, although minor in comparison to our winter wheat acres, increase in response to dairy needs.
3: And Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell tells us canola does make high-quality forage. But what Dr. Bell and her AgriLife colleagues have actually been focused on for several years now is canola's potential as a local grain crop. On the positive side, as the recent harvest of AgriLife research fields demonstrated, winter canola planted in our region can produce strong yields.
5: We had yields, depending on the hybrid or the variety that was evaluated, that ranged anywhere from 1,600 to 2,800 pounds per acre.
3: However, production capacity aside, Canola's prospects in our region face several challenges, a big one being that a strong local market for canola on the grain side really hasn't developed. For many area farmers, the nearest buyer could be hundreds of miles away, which means losing profits to transportation cost. Dr. Bell says farmers also cite concerns with the September planting time for canola, which could conflict with other priorities they have at that time, such as beginning to bring summer crops in from the field and planting winter wheat. And Dr. Bell says dealing with canola's susceptibility to shattering at harvest time also worries producers.
5: One of the comments that I have heard producers make is, that they do not want to combine canola because of the challenge.
3: Addressing concerns with combining canola is tomorrow's topic. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The American Farm Bureau
1: Federation welcomes an executive order that will consider changes to livestock markets. Michael Clements reports from Washington.
4: The executive order issued last week by the Biden administration proposes rule changes to increase competition in livestock markets. Farm Bureau Congressional Relations Director Scott Bennett says the executive order focuses on fairness and transparency.
8: What we see in the executive order is much more attention being drawn to the potential for some of our livestock markets being unfair. We also see $500 million in regional packing capacity expansion, as well as $100 million for overtime relief for FSIS inspectors at small and regional packing facilities.
4: The executive order proposes to alter rules under the Packers and Stockers Act.
8: We know that there will be three proposed rules that rework competition and undo preference. While we currently don't have the text, we await the administration to publish that text, which in the executive order said would be done within the next 150 days.
4: Bennett adds Farm Bureau will be engaged in the rulemaking process.
8: We do know that this administration is seeking information as to how that $500 million will be spent to, in fact, expand regional packing capacity, American Farm Bureau will certainly comment and provide feedback to the administration on how that money could best be spent in order to accomplish those goals.
4: From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today.
5: There are new opportunities for hunters as part of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Drawn Hunt Program. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And the wet spring and summer we've had in much of Texas this year can lead to foot rot in cattle. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
7: Parenting is full of surprises.
4: You never know what to expect.
0: We're keeping you
1: informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We've been talking about all the problems the wet weather is causing our crop producers here in Texas, but it's causing problems for Texas cattlemen as well. It can cause some problems that you don't normally see at this time of year, like foot rot. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more.
6: We usually think of foot rot in cattle as a winter problem, but with all the rains we have had, it is likely we will see multiple cases in many herds this time of year. Foot rot causes swelling and lameness in one or more feet due to an infection that occurs between the claws. Wet weather softens the skin between the claws and allows sharp objects like straw, stubble, or uneven ground with large dirt clods to damage and abrade the skin of the foot, which allows bacteria to enter the tissue and cause an infection. The name of the bacterium that causes foot rot is Fusobacterium necrophorum, and the bacteria is present normally on the feed of cattle, and it does not cause a problem until the skin is damaged. The condition is diagnosed by placing the animal in a chute, picking up the foot, and cleaning and examining the area for a broken skin and infection. Dr. Rosalind Biggs with Oklahoma State Extension indicates at Bovan Vet Online that if treatment is delayed, the infection can damage deeper structures and can lead to permanent lameness. Antibiotics and pain medication should be used for treatment, but changing the environment is very important. It is difficult to treat foot rot without changing the environment, as the animal needs to be kept in a dry environment and the foot should be wrapped for a few days if the infection is severe. Also, the environment should be flat without dirt clods or hard pieces of straw to injure the tissue of the foot. A vaccine does exist, so ask your bovine veterinarian if a vaccine would be beneficial in your herd. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: New drawn hunts permits will be available to Texas hunters this year. Jessica Dolmel has the details in today's wildlife report.
5: There are new opportunities for Texas hunters in this year's drawn hunt permits program. Kelly Edmiston, public hunting program coordinator for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says there are permits for drawn hunts on both public and private lands.
9: We uh, are expanding our partnership with the National Wildlife Refuges of Texas, so there'll be two new National Wildlife Refuges that will be drawing their hunt, hunters for them. That's the Natchez River and Caddo Lake National Wildlife Refuges. So those will be two new areas that uh, hunters will see. We are expanding our private lands hunts. We're adding three new categories, the private lands feral hog, the private lands turkey and the private lands quail. So that'll be three other types of hunts that folks can apply for. These are going to be private lands hunts. So basically they will be taking place on private property rather than a state wildlife management area. And the landowners will be running those hunts. We're just going to be picking them and then sending those information about those hunters and landowners to those folks after we select. So a few new things, and we always do our best to try to expand as much opportunities as we possibly can.
5: There will be drawings for hunting permits in 61 hunt categories this year. There are opportunities for both youth and adults. Application fees are $3 or $10 depending on the hunt category. Deadlines vary. A link to apply is available on the TPWD website. That's tpwd.texas.gov. tpwd.texas.gov. There's a link on the main page. You can also click on the hunting tab. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
1: It was a lower day for the cattle markets on Wednesday, but cotton and grains moved higher. We'll take a closer look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck, and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to oli.org for info.
0: We're giving you the market
1: information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded lower on Wednesday. We ended up closing lower in both live and feeder cattle futures. August live cattle down 50 cents, 121.25. The October down 40 126 seventy seven December Live Cattle down thirty seven to close at one hundred thirty one ninety two. August feeder cattle down a dollar eighty seven one fifty six ninety five. September down two hundred forty at one fifty nine twenty two. October feeders down two hundred forty two at one sixty one twenty two. Cash fed cattle trade still fairly quiet out in the country. However, we did have the online fed cattle auction Wednesday. They had over 4,000 head listed for sale, only 364 of those actually sold. All of those were Texas cattle and they sold from 117 to 119.50. Texas cattle feeders reporting 1,212 head sold on the cash market so far this week. The price 119 to 120. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice up 2.45 at 2.75, 79. Select down 3.29, 2.53, 45. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
9: When you hear Auctioneer Troy, it's time to go down to Three Rivers. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock, Three Rivers. Riley, you've had quite a bit of rain, but I understand you still drew some numbers and had a good sale.
10: Uh, it was uh, steady with uh, with the uh, way it was kind of b- uh, before the 4th. Uh, I thought the market was just about the same as it was then. I uh, had light volume today. Ended up with 522 head like we talked about. It's uh, wet weather and everything kind of slowed the run down. Uh, but market was good. Uh, had a few pairs. Uh, brought from 875 up to 13 and a quarter. Had a little string of bred cows, uh, brought from 750 to 1225. Uh, Packer cows, pretty much steady with them, uh, as it was, 70 to 76 on the high yielding cows, 64 to 72 on the breakers, 44 to 62 on your canners. Packer bulls, same story, 92 to 98 on your high yielding bulls. 74 to 92 on your low to medium yielding bulls. The two to three weight choice steers, 170 to 190. Heifer mates, 148 to 172. Three to four weight choice steers, 168 to 184. Heifer mates, 142 to 160. Four to five weight choice steers, 170 to 186. Heifer mates, 140 to 156. Five to six weight choice steers, 160 to 184. And heifer mates, 138 to 152. Uh, six to seven weight choice steers, one forty-two to one fifty-six. Heifer mates, one twenty-eight to one forty. And seven to eight weight choice steers, one twenty-six to one forty-two. And the heifer mates, one fourteen to one twenty-eight. So, got along good. You know, market nothing wrong with the market. Uh, lots of demand out there, and uh, I think when it dries up a little bit, we'll have a little bit more volume.
9: Good. We'll tell everybody how to get a hold of your riding.
10: Three six one seven eight six two five five three is the office. 361 813 myself. Webpage
9: Thank you, Riley, and thank you, my Texas farming and ranching neighbors, for listening to Walking the Pins
1: on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs were mixed. The August contract down 82 cents at 105.10. August class 3 milk down 33 cents, 17.75 100 weight. Big jump in the cotton market on Wednesday, back over 90 cents on the October contract. There seems to be a thought in the trade right now that USDA is overestimating the size of this 2021 cotton crop. When you look at all the weather issues, the wet weather problems we're having throughout the cotton belt, Traders thinking that this crop is smaller than USDA thinks it is. October cotton up 180 points, closing at 90.57 cents. December cotton up 135 to close at 89.81. The corn market closing higher. We're getting rain in the corn belt, but traders wondering if we're getting the right amounts in the right places. July corn up 6 cents, 683 a bushel. September corn up 17 at 568 and a quarter. December corn up 18 cents, 558 and three quarters. Higher close in the wheat markets, both hard and soft wheat finishing higher with September Kansas City wheat up 16, 627 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat up 20 and a half $6. and a quarter September rough rice up eight and a half cents 13 14 100 weight. November soybeans up 31 and a half 1383 and a quarter July soybean meal up 1150 36660 a ton in the energy markets August natural gas down 3 365 August crude oil down 255 at 72.70 a barrel. The financial markets mixed with the Dow up 35 points, 34,924, the Nasdaq down 9, 14,668, the S&P up 7, 4,376. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. See you next time, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify.